We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Prize Picks coming at you Thursday morning. It's January 11th after the Wolves overtime loss in Boston on Wednesday night. I've got Kyle Tiggy with me here today. We're obviously going to be diving into that game for the vast majority of this episode uh, today. But Kyle, can I just talk for like a minute <laughs> to start this off. Just about life, or you need it? Yeah. I'm... No, about travel or just about, I just feel <laughs> like the, we need to set like the pretext of, of what this, what this game was. Obviously everybody knows that they, they flew in there the day of, and it was a back-to-back and all that. But I actually think it was bigger than that. And I just think to have like, not to make excuses, but to have like, I don't know, a, a real conversation about where this was. It, it's a, it's a big, it's a big part of it. I mean, in last night's game, Nas Reed played 37 minutes. Kyle Anderson played 39 minutes. Nikhil Alexander-Walker played 40 minutes. Carl Anthony Towns played 44 minutes. And Anthony Edwards played 46 minutes. And they did that after arriving in Boston at 1 p.m. that afternoon. A day of arrival for the game. I mean, due to weather, that's just super rare. But even if there wouldn't have been the weather thing, that's a brutal back-to-back. Orlando to Boston, that's a three-hour flight. Like, that doesn't normally happen on back-to-backs. The Boston game was also the fourth and final game of a four-game road trip. That in and of itself is difficult. And this was also their 16th game in 30 days. They also, every one of those 16 teams that they played in the 30 days had a winning record. Of those 16 games, 11 of them were again were on the road. The 16-game stretch because 11 of them were on the road, they flew over 17,000 miles in that time from December 1st to January 10th. When like also Christmas happens then, New Year's Eve happens then, and these are real human people too. And again, I don't say any of that like to to, to make an excuse or you know give them a full-on pass for some of the things that we will talk about that were kind of inexcusable uh, at the end of the game, but... That that's important, and all other twenty nine teams are going to have like a difficult stretch like that uh, over the course of this season. But the Wolves had that stretch before this game last night, 
against the best team uh, in the NBA, and they competed with that team. They fought with that team for 53 minutes. And that in and of itself is commendable. And I was just thinking, leaving the locker room last night, so much of the talk was just about what they didn't do down the stretch. And I, I get that. Like, even from the players and from Finch and late game execution and, and all of that, they did play a really good and admirable, I guess would be the word, game prior to that. And so while they are focusing on what didn't happen at the end of the game and we're going to focus a lot on what didn't happen at the end of the game, that's a that's a pretty important place to start is to is to note that pretext of the the past 30 days. Yeah, and the little irony here uh, for those on YouTube, if you if you could like and subscribe, it helps us out. Uh, Dane's background today is a little cleaner than his normal background because he, too, yep. has been traveling. Right. And uh, I get sometimes people are like, oh, you know, there's a little difference between Ant and Dane. Like, yeah, vertical, but it still <laughs> sucks to you were in what, New York over the last weekend. Then you go to Dallas and Orlando and, and now Boston. Uh and, and even Jim said last night on the call, so again, this is cool, right? Because you were at the game last night at Boston Garden. I was at my couch. So we have two different perspectives. But mm-hmm. Jim even said, like, after the Orlando game, it was kind of nice. Just go back to my hotel and sleep, get some good sleep. But it's still a drag, and it is so rare, I mean, so rare to have teams in any season fly in the day of a game. Like, that is just as much as you like follow these guys and stuff. They have their routines and they're down to a T like they do have their afternoon nap. They were, they were pissed about it. Like in the Orlando locker room, we were in there doing post-game interviews and that's when the team like was informed that they couldn't fly that night. And, and all the players were just like, Oh my God, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, which to me, like to your point about the routine thing, I was kind of, I'm kind of on the gym side of it or, you know, when I travel, that's, what I do, you know, you take the flight the next morning and you get your more sleep rather than, you know, getting into the, your hotel in the new city at like three 30 in the morning, but it is their routine. And for them, they wanted to fly out night of from Orlando uh, to get to Boston. And they were upset that they didn't and were definitely super groggy when they, they did get into Boston uh, at, at 1 PM. Okay, cool. So can I okay, talk cool. for a sec? Yes. Yeah, uh, we're five minutes in. I'm going to take what you just said, context, real context. Some people struggle with context. I'm going to take that a step further. If you're coming into this pod today on Thursday, January 11th, and you're looking for a Fire Finch Montag or hard criticism of the 22-year-old and 23-year-old on the 16th game of a death march, as Chris Hine called it, uh, a death march that they go 9-7 and seven in, right? It was three weeks ago when... You know, my favorite podcaster, Britt Robson, was like, if they just go eight and eight, I think I'd be happy. Well, they went above that and they still stayed in first place. So if you have pitchforks and flames and you want just to rip the team, today is not your podcast. Shout out to our sponsors at Falling Knife and Stone and Skillet and all these other spots. Go listen to them. Go support them. That's not what today's podcast is, because I thought you woke up yesterday morning on the heels of turning the magic into muggles and blowing that team out. On the front end of a back-to-back, they're 10.5-point underdogs last night in Boston against a team that's undefeated at home, by far the best team in the league. Like, I love me some Minnesota Timberwolves, but that Boston Celtics team from 1-8, to 1-9 to nine has just, 
elite size and elite shot making and elite defense. Uh, and everyone thought they were just going to get blown out. Like, I actually thought for the first time in my life I was going to see Josh Minot and Leonard Miller play together, and maybe they would drag Wendell Moore out. Uh, and to be up seven with two minutes left in the game, I mean, that was some gritty shit, man. That was, you want to talk about, forget moral victories, that was like a culture loss. That was incredible. Culture loss. That would be, no, I'm serious. Like, the, yeah. Chris Finch could have just, I mean, because you because you wake up, they haven't flown out of Orlando yet. You get the news that like Mike and Rudy aren't gonna aren't gonna play, which is good. Like finally lean into that a little bit, and then you're probably just thinking like, well, they're just gonna get pummeled, and everyone's like, ah, you know whatever, I'll be fine if they get pummeled. They've already done what they're supposed to do during this march, and they fought their asses off. Like they really grinded and played, and we'll get into some of the stuff in at the end of the game that was either questionable or just downright kind of embarrassing and, and yeah. the way they executed but I, I i just can't anymore i won't if you left that game last night thinking anything other than that was a really good moment good reps they did lose but real i mean dude they played an overtime game 127 120 and neither team had double digit turnovers that was high-end basketball and for you to be there i mean when jalen brown hits that three and you tweeted out, like, this place is crazy. It was loud, yeah. And then Ant comes down and answers it. Jim, Pete, and Grady, the homies, like, they, I think Jim, Jim, I'm sorry, but I think Jim yelled, shut up, <laughs> when Ant hit the three. <laughs> like, he was so into it. I mean, they have great seats right at center court, too. So it was just a back-and-forth duel that the Celtics ended up getting the better of. But that's one of those games you just go back and watch. Like, that is, that had an NBA, and it's so weird, right, because the Celtics are favorites to come out of the east they've been there before they've done this but to watch a celtics timberwolves game in january and be like, that's kind of like an, a finals preview mm-hmm. that was that was grade a hoops chef's kiss all right we've been <laughs> kind we okay both, let's get into it i mean they blew the game Ant 100 percent. ant blew 22 year old anthony edwards yes blew the game. absolutely and that was that's my next bullet point right here he and he absolutely won them the game against Boston at Target Center on uh, November sixth. Um, the kid blew him the game because he doesn't understand it yet. He's said repeatedly, repeatedly over the past two and a half weeks that he needs to be aggressive and attack even through double teams. And Boston said yes, please, and and he did that and he turned the ball over four times at the end of the game, but you said they had 10 total turnovers. That was part of the reason why they were in this game in the first place. And they were able to even be there. And Ant was able to be there. Ant was awesome through the, through the first, you know, three and a half quarters of this game. He wasn't turning the ball over. He wasn't dribbling into a crowd. He wasn't doing all the things that he's been doing lately to be problematic from a, you know, effectiveness standpoint from the team, because he's just turning it over like crazy. And he did it at the end of the game. And I think it's because he's 22. And I think it's because he's supremely talented. And he has, it makes him special, that belief that he has in himself. But it is a double-edged sword. And and it, it, it cost the team in this game. It wasn't just the turnovers. What was he doing on the Derek White rebound? I mean, the, 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 he needs, and he will. He very, very likely will. But he's 22 years old. And that's the difference between him and Jason Tatum right now. And Jason Tatum's older than him, and Jason Tatum has grown. But Ant can can go both ways with this, uh, and he he cost him. 
he, he cost him this one at the end. There is such poetry and irony in watching last night's game and the two players. We got to get into Carl, by the way, because he was awesome. But yeah. there's two players that really let you down without Rudy Gobert on the court and without Mike Conley on the court. You know, Mike Conley, the designated driver for this team. And that was Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards, 22 and 23. For sure. And the irony and the poetry is that they're going up against the two guys that the more and more we get into this, it's a pretty fair comp in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. <laughs> like two elite wings. I mean, Jalen Brown was so good last night. And, you know, when Jason Tatum was 22, the Celtics were 36 and 36 during, like I think it was like the COVID year or whatever. So you're seeing Ant and Jaden real lumps. That sixth foul that Jaden had was after Ant had a really bad turnover, like kind of a jump pass, gets in the air, doesn't have anywhere to go, tries to throw it. Drew Holiday is just super effective at, at getting mm -hmm. in those passing lanes. And then Jaden has that foul. But I, I, I think age is not an excuse. Age is an, a statistic. Like when you do demographics, like age is a statistic. Anthony Edwards is like three and a half years removed from playing the Citadel. Like he doesn't have a lot of big game reps. So I know people don't like that this team is young thing. Last night without Mike and Rudy, their average age was like 27 years old, 26 years old. They are kind of young, but it's more of a, even Carl's in this at 28. They're inexperienced. And last night, if nothing else, if you take nothing else, a January game like that was big because those are real reps, man. That's how you, that's how you get officiated come April and May and June. That's how loud these arenas get. That's how late game execution looks from a Boston standpoint. And it's those little things. Like you said, it's not just missing shots. Ant missed and did this dumb stuff last night. That If you go back and watch that first Celtics game, it was pretty much some of the same stuff he was doing, mm -hmm. right? Like those same kind of kill, kill shot threes, taking on double teams. So it didn't work for them last night. They choke away the game. Again, they choke away No, no, away no. Hold game. on, hold on. There, there's a distinction to be made. They were bringing doubles without a ball screen on Ant. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Is, that is a situation in which, like... I'm kind of with the idea that if they're, you know, they're you running pick and roll and they're playing up in coverage, right? They're doing the high wall. They're playing up to touch, whatever. Maybe sometimes if you are Luka Doncic, James Harden, Anthony Edwards, even, maybe you do try and split that. But when you have the ball 35 feet from the basket above the break on the left side and Al Horford just decides to come up and start double teaming you that far away from the basket, that is... That is a situation in which you have to pass. You 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 have to and and you know and and he did a few times. There's it just gets this like clock going in his head of like okay, but I need to go here. I need to score mm -hmm. here. I need to do that. And that's a product of being 22, for sure. The question is, when does that stuff you know register? And I'm not saying he's like necessarily behind the learning curve on that or anything. But the important thing for Ant is, is whatever that amount of time is, is the, the shorter, the better, obviously, right? Some guys, it's, you know, maybe it's not till they're 25, 26. Can Ant do it by the end of the season? Can Ant do it by next year? You know, th that's going to be the difference. And particularly with the team that is as in as they are now, you know, um, answering that question and Ant's ability to, be the superstar that he was and is when he's being defended, you know, normally throughout the game. Can he do that? And can he do this at the end of the game when teams are going to choose and teams are going to choose to say, let anyone else 
on this team mm-hmm. beat us. That's what's going to happen because they don't have another isolation option there. Carl doesn't do that. You know, Carl's another great option on this team, but they're going to try and take away Ant, and Ant's going to need to come to grips with that and realize that he's going to have to get off of it and get back to it or whatever it is. Um, because that was, yeah, that, that was, that was costly, even though he was the one who got them there. Absolutely. Okay. So to your point, actually, the, hold on, let me play, let me play okay. the Finch ant learning curve. Let's bring in Chris Finch play. now for his there opinion. We go. <laughs> Here you go. Is this maybe a, another step for him to kind of mature in these moments or do this on a consistent basis? Oh, for sure. You know, this is all part of the growth curve, um, all part of learning. You know, it's not, I think you can't be wired to try to score in these moments. You got to be wired to make the right play. You know, they're going to load up against you. Um, you can't bleed the clock unnecessarily because when they do come and trap you, you, you know, we need time at the end of it to move it. Um, you know, these are all things that we, we're harping on. Um, and, you know, the turnovers, the passing, we got to clean up the passing. You know, absolutely have to clean up the passing. All right. Sorry, I wanted to play that. I was kind of hoping he would also add in that Ant's the face of the league in the All-Star or in a multi-time All-Star like uh, Darko did for the Raptors. Anyway, uh, when you you were saying earlier before for the Finch quote about like growth and how quick can you do it, did you think it was a sign of growth and maturity that he went to the basket at the end of regulation? Ant? Instead of trying to, you know what I mean? Like yeah, in sure. terms of, because we, we say all these things and we're like, okay, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. And, and the, end of the end of the first half was awesome too. You know, he made that one really difficult shot and they get that stealing as the run out dunk. To, oh, don't, to don't get me I mean, started on that. Like, we can talk about that later. But I mean, at, at the end of the game, I'm not you know, saying Ant had a bad game. I'm no, I was, I'm saying that the, the officials the again had a terrible game and I'm sure that'll rile people up. But my God, like just what later, but for Ant in that last, those, I think there's like a two second differential on the shot clock and game clock. And I don't think they threw a double at him that time. But, you know, instead of taking that long step back three or some high dribble, 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 long two, he did go to the rim, get that fall and uh, and get two free throws that he hit both of them. So as we talk about, like, is he learning anything? Is he going to how fast can he rapidly mature, even though he's 22? I just think last night I take away that it's it's how many how many big spots. And I'm not talking like he hit a big three against you know, the Raptors at home in December. Like, how many big spots has he been in? And that's kind of like the, you said double-edged sword. That's kind of part of the debate about the Rudy Gobert trade, right? Is that this timeline idea of you're you're forcing him to just, these you're, you're not at your peak maturity. You're not in your... Well, you're believing that he will get there. If right, you make right, the Rudy Gobert trade, you are believing that Ant can get to the point by the time he's, you know, 22 or almost 23 right to be able to be to be able to do these things and be able to process these things which are extremely difficult to do but to make to make the go bear trade and and be as in as they are that is a belief by tim Connolly and chris finch that ant can't do this and you know who am i to say they know him way better than i do right um we are seeing progression from anthony edwards absolutely you know, since since they made that trade uh, in, in many elements of his game and many maturity elements of his game. This one, not so much or not yet. Right. And and again, it's when when do you see it? We actually you know, when we have seen it, the Warriors game, right? The kick out to Conley in the corner. It, it's 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 reading the game, but reading the game while trusting your teammates. And and that is what, to me, vacillates for Ant. 
when Shea Gildress Alexander was 22, his team went 22 and 50. And I know some people don't care about that stuff, but I keep coming. I don't back care to, about that, man. But but uh, but what no, are we but, doing? What are you doing? What like why? It, this doesn't need to all. The, be the, the, like, how many? So last night, okay. Uh, here's why it matters. Last night, Anthony Edwards became, I think, the first player or the third youngest player. Let me find this NBA stat. The third, sixth player to record 5,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 1,000 assists at age 22 or younger. He's the third youngest. LeBron, Luka, Ant, Kobe, Tracy mm-hmm. McGrady, Giannis. Go look at all those guys when they are 22 and their, their records. And what I'm trying to say yeah. is, is He's that awesome. the reps. No, it's not about being awesome. It's not about statistics. It's about he is just being forced like someone who was mm-hmm. left as an orphan at nine to just physically grow up and mentally mature at a more rapid pace. So sure. I'm not trying to compare the mm-hmm. 26 and 11 Timberwolves to the 22 and 50 Thunder. But at 22, Shea just wasn't getting a lot of these reps. What's the biggest sure. moment he's been in? For Ant, last night was a big rep. And guess what? Absolutely. He failed. Mm-hmm. He failed at the end. They had nine turnovers, not 10. He had five of them. Okay, mm-hmm. so he had more than 50% of this team's turnovers. And he didn't have, you know, his whole career in the NBA, he has had a buddy next to him. Ricky Rubio, Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley, someone that says you're a, oh. you're a lead, you're an RB1. But I'm the quarterback, and I'm going to tell you to go right or left here on this run play. He didn't have that last night, and he was out there in the wildcat and, and formation by himself. It's like when when is it that Ant will be able to do that without the running mate next to him? You know, and I'm not even saying that I would expect that at 22 because Shea's one of the best players in the league, and you're right, he he wasn't able to do that, and Ant probably is better than Shea was at, at 22. The circumstance is this team is in a situation to achieve their stated goals, the goals, their expectations and what they want to do. They need Ant to not be this. And this was not an isolated incident. It's been a thing. It's been a pattern. And it has been a pattern that Ant himself repeatedly after games is saying, I'm going to do this. While his coach, I'm at all these media interviews. It's weird. Finch says, do not do this. We go into the locker room and Ant says, I'm going to do more of this. And those dudes have a great relationship together. But that stuff is not hitting in the game when Ant is out there and the juices are flowing and they're and they're rolling. And maybe that is because he's 22. It probably is because he's 22. It just has to be a shift that happens in, in the rest of the season, given what the stakes are of this team and the circumstance that Chris Finch and Tim Conley put this team in. Not it's I don't mean that as a bad thing, it's just a reality of the situation here and to maximize what the situation that you chose, Ant needs to be able to do these things and for him to do that, he needs to be a listener. That has to happen. And I think and I think Finch will be patient with him uh to do that. But if it doesn't happen, it's going to be problematic, and, and it's going and, to cost him in the playoffs. Yep, and no pushback. That was fun. We should do that more yeah. often. You uh, want to talk about English muffins? <laughs> well, about, to close on that okay. on that thing, because again, you are at all these games. You have been to more games than damn near anyone. D- did he ever make that Golden State drive, pull up, kick to the corner to Mike Conley pass? Did he make mm-hmm. it in year one, two, or three? No. And he's he's absolutely getting better. And I, I'm okay. sorry if it's coming off that I'm not saying there's no, it's not. Absolutely just... been 
more than incremental improvement in in these things, which should lead us to believe that this is going to incrementally continue to improve. I am just interested by what the growth rate of that incremental improvement is going to be. For sure. And all I'm saying is, is that when you sign up for a marathon, you usually get photos at the beginning when you start the race and at the end when you end the race. And I'm trying to say we should take a second and be where your feet are and be like, maybe we're in the middle of this story, this next Netflix documentary that you're seeing like, okay, he took a step forward in Golden State and a step backwards in Boston, but he was taking no steps last year or the year before. And that's, let's talk about English muffins. Today's show is brought to you by Stone and Skillet. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I was actually thinking about this. So, you know, when I'm timely, on the, I've been on the road, like I'm a big breakfast person. Uh, and so I'm like, I, I've are. had, I, 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 I've had Starbucks like breakfast, like, three times in the past five days. <laughs> Which just like as an aside, like what is what is Star- why is Starbucks no food so bad? Why is oh, why is Starbucks yeah. food so bad? It's like I need something There's other an than argument like to made that Starbucks coffee is bad too. Like it's yeah. just consistent, you know, it's always there for you. Mm-hmm. But it's like the Timberwolves throughout the years. It's always there for you, but I don't know if it's actually any good. <laughs> yeah, their their food is like Brandon Rush or something. Um <laughs> but <laughs> I was I was actually thinking about this when I was there. I am like I I ate this breakfast sandwich and oatmeal and like uh, one of those iced lemon loaves at uh, at Starbucks, and I'm like I am still hungry. And when I ha- I've had these stone skillet English muffins at home, and when I'm like scrambling uh, to you know like eat something before I get on the podcast in the morning, like I've had like literally just an English muffin with like butter on it, and I am like okay, like I am full until you know lunch or, or whatever it is i've always been a huge fan of, of of english muffins in general and uh stone and skillet like hit me up to to do this this sponsorship and i was like i actually already have uh your <laughs> your english muffins um this is crazy yes i will do that i will i will be a champion of of english muffins uh stone and skillet uh, dot com uh, it's, it's up on the screen here they're uh, handmade English muffins in Boston, actually uh, non-GMO certified, and they are dense. Six grams of protein in them. We don't have to do a super long run on this, but I know they sent you some too. I ended dry January on January 6th. Uh, shout out to me for making it five days. Uh, and then January 7th, spoiler alert, I was pretty hungover, and I ate three of these, and it totally brought me back to life. There and truly. Three, yeah. I mean, that's like sixteen hundred thousand carbs. But uh, no, there. Again, we always say this. Like, we appreciate those that support us. We ask you in turn mm-hmm. to support them. But it's also like, I'm not gonna, you know, Ritz crackers are never gonna sponsor us because I think they taste like garbage. These yeah. are delicious. I eat one basically every day. I'm gonna need to get more. If you've tried use, by the way, we did a read for this last week. If you, what was the promo code again? Oh yeah, it's so it's stoneandskillet.com. Okay. And if you want to order directly to your home, the, the, the promo code is Dane, and that gets 20% off if you order online. They didn't have that promo code working yeah, that's on we, us. immediately um, when we did the read last time. But it is up now, 20% off at stoneandskillet.com, promo code uh, Dane, if you want to support them, support uh, the show there as well. Or also, it's in Whole Foods. 
Yeah, um, you're not gonna, you can't go up to the the counter and say promo code Dane. They're not going to give you try it though. Off. Try should. it though. Make Film a TikTok. yourself doing that. That would that would be <laughs> TikTok. Uh, but yeah, we just really, uh, I just legitimately uh, really uh, in, enjoy the, these when, English muffins. When they uh, when I said finals preview, right? When the Celtics will probably have home court, so game two, Celtics Wolves in June, we might just record from the Stone and Skillet production factory (laughs) (laughs) live show (laughs) coming at you live from me dressed as an english muffin yeah yeah um anyways that's stoneskillet.com uh promo code dane for 20 percent off uh we just this company has a a cool story of uh, three brothers who yeah started this company and and grew it into something big out here in boston and it's now you know spreading across the country so it's stoneskillet.com or you can go to whole foods all right kyle um let's continue on here in this with this game uh we talked about ant we talked about the late game execution like i said when i was in there doing the post game you know questions to finch and everybody else i was like because everyone else is talking about the late game execution i'm like well you know i want to hear a little bit about like the first 48 minutes because i sure as hell didn't expect what happened in the first 48 minutes for Nikhil Alexander-Walker to do what he did, for Ant to be as great as he was in that game, given the Boston matchup. Nas, all of that, everyone who delivered and had them in a position to have a lead uh, late in this game. Uh, So let's talk about it, even though they weren't. What stood out positively to you to even put um, have the Wolves put themselves in this, this position? I've waited my whole life for my favorite team to have the best defense in the league. So the Minnesota Timberwolves have the best defense in the league, and a lot of that is credited to Rudy Gobert, probably a Hall of Fame center when it's all said and done, three-time defensive player of the year, and Mike Conley. But I watched 53 minutes of basketball last night, and a little part of me was like, man, I miss Carl at center. Mm. Like, that was fun. Uh, Those five turnovers the Ant had, right? Uh, The rest of the team, no one had more than one. I mean, it was just, again... If you take the names off the jersey, it was just real high-level basketball and real sure. high-level shot-making. I mean, Nas Reed, 7 for 15, 19 points off the bench, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks. It was, I mean, it was, dude, it was basketball porn. It was just up and down and mm-hmm. one block here, one big shot here. But uh, they just were, I mean, they were just so connected and so galvanized. I thought the they only really played a seven-man rotation. Yeah. Troy Brown Jr. played eight minutes. I mean, that 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 last night, if nothing else put an end to any of my like all right man the young guys are just never gonna play and that's <laughs> right. that's fine when, when I, cap balls out and jordan mclaughlin checked into the game <laughs> i was I, just like there's I, no I, victory I cigars at a night the summer league is uh january like 7th through the 14th we'll see those guys then June. until then uh that's it but um even troy brown jr came in he didn't i think it was one for three missed two threes but i like the way he moves and again i don't know if I don't, we're not going to get into rotation stuff today, but yeah, they might just not have a chance. Like they might, Finch might just lean into the seven or eight guys that he has and that's your playoff rotation and there will be no trade and they'll get a buyout guy. But to that first, what did you say? 45 minutes. It was just real high level basketball. And I kept thinking, I put in my notes, you had the famous, we have meat on the bone this year, right? And we have weirdest team ever. But one of your famous catchphrases is like letting go of the rope. They never really let go go of the rope last night like they never I think the Celtics biggest lead might have been seven or eight points throughout that whole thing and to bring it all the way back to 30 minutes ago I just watched that game 
not the result, but that game. And I was just really proud because, again, to your point, the Delta plane landed at 110, <laughs> right? Like, they just went to the arena. Like, they didn't have any of that same routine. And they could have, they could have, for one time, like the Suns game, they could have just been like, we've done what we're supposed to do, just trying to get home. And the locker room stuff at the end of the game, when they're like, damn, like, we should have won that game. There was, I mean, you said it to me before we got on, right? None of those guys were really complaining about their situation. They were just solely focused on, we kind of dropped that one. Yeah, the you're talking about the the, the the last night's game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, there was there was no like there was no like excuse making. No one said like, well, we landed at one, man. They're all yeah. like, dude, we should have made mm-hmm. that extra pass or we should have, you know, not taken that shot. Finch like blew off the question. He's like, No, it was fine. You know, like after the game, if if fatigue played a role in it. I mean, fatigue did play a role in it. <laughs> like, you know, they they just were That's what made it excuses. more impressive, right? That they were yes. up seven with two eleven and then Right. Sleepless nights occurred, and the one of the worst official calls of all time happened. And I'm not even like pro Homer Timberwolves guy. It's just I don't know if you want to even get into it. It's just that that review. The ball Drew Holiday strips Ant. It's two eleven on the clock. The Wolves have gotten an offensive rebound. They're up seven. Carl kicks it out to Ant. Ant goes straight to the basket. I thought he might try to run some clock, but he had no one on him. So it's like, well, I have a clear lane to the basket, but uh. That review was weird. Save me from the that was a foul on the keel thing on the offensive foul. And if you think it was, that's fine. But you tweeted out a clip two possessions later where Tatum has the exact same kind of arm bar to get not off him to hit a jump shot. Just one weird call after another. And then again, that factors into when weird calls happen and I'm at home flustered. This inexperience in this youth, they don't really handle it well either. So I don't know if you have anything on not 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 that the officials had really any they lost because of the officials. I never believe that stuff. But those two calls back to back were were yeah. not helpful. The so just in the locker room last night. Um, and again, I, like on the record, no excuses yep. were yep. made by Finch or like really any of the players uh, that we talked to. Ant didn't talk to the media afterwards, and that was because. But he said he goes, "I don't want to talk because I'm going to get fined because I'm going to talk about the officials." So, and, 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 you know, and like you said, there was that play and, and, you know, and he's been frustrated with the officiating recently. Um, that's why I guess he, he didn't want to do it. He had, he had a problem with the officials, but broadly throughout the roster, nobody was, you know, complaining about fatigue or the officials or anything. And that's because they don't have to, like we saw, it, you know, and, and like none of them said they were tired. That's the, that locker room was as tired of a locker room as I, the, the only other time I, I put down in my notes, cause I was just like standing in there. I'm like, this is what I wrote down. <laughs> Kyle laying on carpet floor, lot of ice on everyone. Rudy sitting at the protein shake table, eating, sitting on one of those little chairs you would play piano on. <laughs> Ant seemed to have a cold. This reminds me of the Lakers game at Staples. Ant was, Ant was definitely upset about officiating. Didn't talk to media probably because of we that. need to get you a sub stack. And you just put your notes in there for the game. <laughs> well, it's like you've been in there after a loss, right? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, it's after a win, which has been pretty much all the game. It's, it's chatter, you know, they're eager to like chit chat with us. But, you know, it's a loss. Like, I'm going to go hide by the Gatorade machine and like, I don't want to get in your space. I don't want to be there. I feel honestly part of me feels weird about even being there, but I got to go do the interview. Uh, Post game locker rooms after a loss. 
to those who don't Tough put their real name on their Twitter account that say, why didn't you ask this player about this? Buddy, be in a locker room with a shirtless Rudy Gobert who's seven foot three and be like, hey, Rudy, why'd you clank those two free throws, you bum? Like, good <laughs> luck with that energy, okay? Because you're probably going to get sideswiped. Uh, but no, that, that, I mean, yeah, those, they, it's cool that you said that because you didn't get any of that from, from watching the game, right? Like, you don't get any sort of, there wasn't like an IV in Ant's arm. So you didn't really know that they were exhausted. So for you to let us know, thanks. Thanks for traveling. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're welcome. Oh, on the ant free throw thing, quick, or just on since he didn't talk, and we're not going to talk about that because he didn't want to get fined. Throw? Like when you said Ant didn't want to talk to the media because yeah. he didn't want to complain about the officials. I am just curious That's because what you said. I, yeah. I don't love skipping a, a a sporting event and just looking at the box score and be like, well, I probably know everything about that game. But I did watch last night's game in its entirety twice, and I'm just curious on your opinion. The three best players probably on the floor were Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Anthony Edwards. Two of those guys shot 13 three throws, and Ant shot four. So I'm just curious. Again, I, I, my dad will not allow me to ever blame the loss directly on officiating. But, like, I, I kind of thought he had a point. It wasn't like he wasn't attacking just like mm-hmm. Tatum or Brown was. It wasn't like he wasn't getting defended by really pesky guys like Drew Holiday or, you know, Derek White. So... So okay, can I just say, like, I'm just asking. There, there's advantages to being there at the stadium, and like whatever, like I'm in the locker room or whatever. But I'm not watching the game. I don't have like a monitor. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yep. you know, if we, you've done that. Like, you don't get replays. So, so it's like, I'm, I'm, I would maybe think that if I watch, I haven't like rewatched it or mm-hmm. anything yet. So even the Drew Holiday play, I'm not trying to like skip over that. I don't know. Like I saw, I flash up on the jumbotron a couple times as I was like frantically. <laughs> making notes you know so i i don't know you have that perspective better than me like i they they probably did yeah they're the timberwolves they're playing the celtics and also like i mean it's stupid like i, I don't know why this is a thing but like yeah darko the league favors the lakers oh dude i, I, want, I mean like that that's... quick aside quick aside just full <laughs> transparency some people are going to get to know me a little better i watched that game with an edible and that was True. I was texting Jack Foreman in the moment. That was one of the most egregious. I mean, that that was made me kind of question everything I believe in because it was he was so right to go on that rant. That's not what happened in Wolf Celtics, by the way. But yeah. the Raptors were just someone a higher power saw that the Lakers were falling to eleventh in the Western Conference standings and and made a call. That was about as ugh, I, I, I didn't. I don't want to say the R word, but I'm just asking last night again because that's become a thing too. Like and post game. You're always on top of it that he's saying things. The the funny quotes are kind of gone, right? Like now you're starting to get an idea of what's going on in his head. And he, after losses, thinks, I can just do this by myself. I can fix this. I can shoot our team out of it. Mm-hmm. And now in games like last night where he's not getting the whistle, I'm just, maybe when you watch it again and maybe when you do pods next week, you'll have a different opinion. But I struggled to see last night how two players on the other team could have nine and ten more free throw attempts when they were being guarded and attacking in very similar ways to what Ant was doing. Mm-hmm. No, I, I will say, again, just from my the perspective I had at the game, the thing I was putting down in my notes was the fouls Jaden got called for. Yep. Oh, um, we should talk about him for that, an hour. That was, that was super, you know, that, that was super costly, and I didn't, to my eye test, agree with, you know, the majority of them. And he was, you know, he's so huge to, to stopping Tatum. Um, obviously, like the alternative right like Nas Reed gets switched on to Jason Tatum 
when they're up by two with a minute and 33 seconds left in the game and Nas commits a foul up 30 feet from the basket, you know, it's, and Nas copped to it after the game. It's like, it was a huge mistake. I need to learn time and circumstance more and more. But Jane McDaniels was out of the game at that point, I believe. And uh, you need Jaden McDaniels to, to guard Jason Tatum. And also you need Jason, you need Jaden McDaniels on this team for this season to, to be good and make a run and go to the Western conference final. So I, daily am getting emails about this contract and everything and one can i just say one thing about it like Jaden, yes sure Jaden is not having the season i thought he would have but to the contract point he makes four million dollars this season so yes he probably needs to play better than he has in this 30 games thus far he's played this season where he's been injured in and out throughout the time to quote unquote be meeting the value of that contract in a year when the contract starts but he even is because this team who's going to guard Paulo Bancaro who's going to guard Paulo Bancaro in that magic game what happened 24 hours what, removed from that what happened when when the wolves tried to guard Julius Randle with cat what happened when the wolves tried to guard Zion Williamson with ant nobody else in this team can do it and yes Jaden has a foul trouble problem just he does he needs to get better about that he needs to get better at the defensive rebounding he messed up the the rebound the Derek white rebound correct more than, than anyone else did but you guys we can't say you need to trade a player because they're having a bad stretch he's the young part of your core he's the player that chris finch the like most chill objective coach in the league compared to scotty pippen as a rookie like stop just stop or just please don't just please don't don't send it to me that's at Dane Moore NBA can, on Twitter. You can send it to me on Twitter because I'm not going to check there, but please stop emailing me. That, that's that's Jaden McDaniels makes less money this season than his brother, Jalen McDaniels, that half of us don't know where he plays. It's the Raptors. <laughs> Jaden McDaniels makes less money than everyone's least favorite Timberwolf, Shake Milton. Okay? And this pod, to sum it up, is the growing pains young kids making mistakes pod, right? We did 30 minutes on Ant. The Jaden stuff, we have gone over this. He is my favorite player. I have a level of respect for him simply because, yes, he punched a wall, but he's not a malcontent. He gets asked to do some of the shittiest things that a coach can ask a player without much reward. What did Finch say 48 hours ago? My, the team doesn't pass him the basketball. Like, that would help, right? And last night, his sixth foul was atrocious not because the officials were atrocious no they were right ant makes that live ball jumps in the air doesn't have anywhere to go turnover throws it to Jaden in the corner tatum is seven foot four steals it and then Jaden's first reaction and he does it all the time because i just i have a Jaden cam like espn Jaden immediately turned and like kind of grabbed tatum so now you have fouled out you have it's a transition take foul like, that's the type of stuff, as much as we want to be like, yeah, Ant had the pass to Mike against Golden State, Gold Star, Ant had five turnovers last night down. That was one of the down ones for Jaden, right? Jaden McDaniels finished last night with six points, five points, one rebound, one assist. I kind of thought he was awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and, there were the, the bad Jaden, like, the worst Jaden games were previously. Yeah, you can't just look at the box score with... But, but what did he do? What did he do? Not even 24 hours. The play, mm -hmm. What did he do 17 hours ago yeah. against one of the most 
rising up and coming Washington's own Paul Bancaro. He locked his ass down. And yes, I had to get that off my chest too because I've gotten so many. Yeah, he's not living up to the value of his contract. He's making like the GDP of Guam compared to like a powerful country. Like he needs to make, he need like he had that three where he kind of got a grenade. I don't know if you remember this play, but I think Ant gave him a grenade with like two seconds left. There's a step back. Yeah. And Jaden like airballed the shot. Mm -hmm. He does need to get better. I always think when a young player gets injured early in the season, that just because now they're playing, we all like, okay, cool, video games, he's back. My, my video game character back. It's like, is he though? Like, I don't know. Maybe he's still just not trusting the ankle or maybe he's starting to think like, yo, I got paid, right? Like Nas Reed got paid this summer and has embraced it and become even better. And maybe Jaden's a little nervous. Like the first three years for Jaden McDaniels here, he was the 28th overall pick. <laughs> okay, so again, it's not. this isn't the seventh pick overall in the draft. Everything's been pretty chill and expectations have been low and he's been a cool cucumber and he never gets technicals. Now expectations are heightened. He's got a lot of money coming his way. People are saying like, hey man, you gotta do the Mikel Bridges thing. You gotta take that leap. You gotta give us 14 and eight, 14 and nine. But I just watch him play defense. And for the people that are like, oh, tired of Jaden putting Nah in. Did you see, not production, not stats. Did you look at Jason Tatum's eyes when Nikhil Alexander Walker guarded him? Yeah. I mean, that was like you seeing your soulmate. He was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, destroy you Nas Reed not fast enough to stay in front of Tatum so as soon as as soon as Jane went out falling out on his own accord his mistake negative gold star for him that was a bad 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 Jaden game that was it the end of the game was when Jaden fouled out because they have no one else to go at him I guess you can throw Kyle in there there's a whole Kyle Anderson discussion last night where that game starts with about as close to a playoff. Hold on, preview. hold on, hold on. Okay, we, can't, okay. we, can't, we can't get into Kyle Anderson. Let's. Uh, but but the Jaden stuff is, mm -hmm. it, it's real tough right now because all of a sudden you're seeing, I don't get it. Like, I don't get being poor my whole life and now I have a little money and I'm going to one day just start complaining again. Like, that man's making $3 million to guard the opponent's best player on night in and night out basis. And that opponent might be Luca on Monday, Julius Randle on Tuesday, Paul Bencare on Wednesday. That's tough, man. And this team doesn't have a lot of other guys that can do it. And if you want Ant to do it, good luck trying to get 30. And the expectation is that he continues to get better, significantly better. Jaden McDaniels. That, that is the expectation. Yep, just like Ant. But that doesn't, because he isn't at that level, that he hasn't realized his full Mikel Bridges uh, while still on his rookie contract. You know what? That doesn't make the contract extension a bad contract extension. And if you think it does, you probably don't know ball. That's just probably, you don't know how to watch NBA defense. That That's just, that's, I, I don't know I think what he, the other. I think he came into the season playing 202 regular season games. Every one of those games, you probably have a, a positive thought about Jaden McDaniels in those first 202 games. Mm -hmm. He's had eight or nine stinkers this year. And to see the pendulum switch that far, on a guy that, again, you just simply need. He might never be the 15 and 10 guy, but man, his defense in and of itself, that is not a stat. That's not something, it's all eye test. It's, is he making positive plays on defense? He's always going to have four fouls. As long as he has breath in his lungs, he's just going to get four fouls because he has to go up with all the bullshit that Luka does, that Harden does, that Tatum does. But it's those two other fouls that there are no excuses for. Yep. And that's the Jaden thing. You can't punch a wall. You can't grab a guy in transition. You can't let yourself revert back. I watched in person. You can't revert back to Washington, Jaden McDaniels. 
because that's why you fell so far in the draft and made, you know, that's why you're making less than your brother this year is because you had an attitude problem at Washington and you slid in the draft. You earned this massive contract extension because you went to a more mature level of play and that's where he has to go to. He has to get better just like Ant does. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Let's get into this one, Kyle. We're <laughs> just talking all over the place. so much. I, I, they can't do segues. We know we need to. We need to go. Prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app. Uh, please stop talking, Kyle. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you have some Prize Picks for us for NFL Sunday. I texted you this morning and I was started looking at this. I was like, I don't know what to do for our Prize Picks segment. Could I? Because I haven't paid any attention to the NFL this week. Uh, what do you have? Quickly. Uh Really good slate. Obviously, this is a huge week in the NFL. It's wild card weekend. There's a ton. Of, there's more games. Um, but yeah, just kind of go through, figure out if you're using prize picks this week, who do I think is going to win, and then start to kind of boil down, like, how would the game script go? I like so that. I I think the Chiefs at home, it's going to be cold against the Dolphins team that they might be able to kind of beat up and be physical with. Isaiah Pacheco over 62 and a half rushing yards. Some of these numbers might have gone up a little bit, but uh, yeah, Pacheco is now he's at 65 and a half. I still like that. They're going to lean into him. Or you can demon mode him for 85 and a half here. <laughs> yeah, if you think he's... And the, the demon stuff, too, just adds adds kind of a little extra spice to your bet, adds a little more uh, possible payout. So I like him. And then I just... I'm so hyped for Rams, Lions, Stafford's return to Detroit. Uh, so I just took Cooper Cup over 70 and a half receiving yards. I think that game is going to be a shootout uh, indoors on turf. And then just give me... I'm on Ross St. Brown over 87 and a half receiving yards. So Cup and Brown over. Maybe you want to put Puka in there instead of Cup. But just try to figure out like these games. Who do you want to win? Who do you think is going to win? And then kind of go in reverse. And, you know, if you think a high scoring game, go grab some touchdown scores. Uh, in that column as well, you get the little red demon guy and yeah. increase your odds a little bit. So if, you, if you're new to prize picks or you want to try it out, this is the weekend to do it. You can... Yeah parlay football picks with basketball picks the wolves have a game on friday throw some in there Throw a football game on saturday it's just it's really cool and the promo code you have is, is great because it's a hundred free dollars so basically yeah. match your deposit yep if you if you haven't done it um this might be a time as you know maybe your fantasy season's over it's the playoffs um they want some the vikings aren't in it right <laughs> like you want something uh to do prizepicks.com prize picks app and if you do sign up uh using the promo code dane you will get a 100 dollar sign up bonus and also kyle um we have two tickets to give away for nice. friday's game uh, against the blazers at target center um if you're listening to this on thursday uh, or early on friday morning either sign up for patreon at patreon.com slash dane moore mba and send us a message that you are available or if you already are a subscriber send us a message that you are available uh for that game and some point on friday late morning uh we will randomly select a winner and um yep send you to the game against the the blazers on friday they're good seats it's expensive to uh it's expensive to yeah. go to timberwolves games it's only about to get more expensive in the next couple of years um yeah we we're, we're lucky to, to have these these tickets from yeah, for the, sure. the genesis company um a, a sponsor of the show so uh hit us up on patreon and and help us out over there um if you if you do want to if you can't support uh other sponsors directly and want to sp help us um and yeah and it does help the pod dane's yeah. literally recording this from some hotel room or a dunkin donuts in boston uh 
you know, you, you don't have a travel budget. <laughs> it's all a little behind the scenes, like Dane pays for his own travel, he pays to get everywhere. So if you enjoy the pod, if you enjoy us yelling at each other and Dane telling me to shut up, uh, $5 <laughs> Patreon, get Sorry. tickets to a game. But it's also a nice way to, we want to keep growing this thing. The, the more times you're on the road, the better, mm. in my opinion, get better sure. quotes, get better access. How would I have known that Rudy Gobert was, you know, sipping Gatorade by the water cooler and Kyle Anderson was laying on the floor. So, uh, Patreon support. It was us. so funny, dude. It was so funny. Rudy, <laughs> no. so you know that table, like in the middle yep, where they yep. have like all the all snacks, the just tons snacks, of gummy bears, electrolytes, like, yeah, all, all that sort of stuff. And I walk in there and the first thing I have to do is like, make sure I don't, well, one, I didn't, they had a carpet floor in there, mm. which is that's So Kyle Anderson is just laying on the, the carpet floor and I had to like step to avoid him there. And, and I'm just, you know, you walk into that locker room, you're like, I don't know what this is going to be like. And gigantic Rudy is just like sitting there eating a pork chop uh, on this little tiny chair. Ants pissed. Um, you know, Leonard Miller's shaking his hair off like a dog. Uh, <laughs> trying off. Uh, I thought they was, left uh, Lenny at D- Disney World. I didn't know he made the trip. <laughs> no, he's... Yeah, I think they had everybody there. I just remember a lot watching last year going to the locker room, and it was always like these guys exhausted and stuff, and shirtless and sweating and frustrated. And then like Nate Knight would just be eating like six packs Dude, of fruit snacks. <laughs> did I did I tell you I saw Nate Knight at the airport yesterday? No, let's do let's ago? do let's do travel blog. Oh quick. my god! I, I so I took like a super early flight. It was to Dallas, I think. So I'm like getting off the plane. I like fell asleep on the plane, and I'm literally walking off the whatever get off off the plane where you're like the tarmac entering the air the tarmac that's the word and the very first person i see in dallas is nate knight and he's like yo what's up i'm like (laughs) am i still asleep um but that was was you just keep (laughs) seeing these weird centers at 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 the airport like i'll never forget the walker kessler story where you like gave him a hug or whatever and said goodbye walker (laughs) we went through security together the day after he got traded that was weird that was random that was yeah kyle anderson yeah, let's talk about Kyle Anderson. Sorry. Um, I mean, he, he, played, he played great that game, and I can't. Uh, he's just better with one big man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me Let me start, he's and then I'll rally up, and then big. you can actually provide real analysis. The first four or five minutes were frightening. Kyle starts at the four, right, because Rudy's out. So it's a it's a Kyle, Carl, four or five front court. Yeah, we got to talk about Cat, too. Let's, let's put we will. Together. We will. We got lots of time. My meeting's not till nine. Carl, Kyle starts in the first four or five minutes. It was that guy at pickup that you know is a bum and no one even worries about him on the court. And it sucks because Kyle's inability to shoot, which we'll never really know why. I always think it's tied to the eye thing. Who knows? But just his inability to threaten from... You know what it is, dude? It's shooting mechanics. <laughs> that's what it is. He's always been a bad shooter. He hit him last year. It, 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 that's just They do that. They didn't sign Kyle Anderson. Maybe it's my eyes that don't figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. But but they were guarding him, and I, I was messaging with Jake Painting during the game. It's like, this, this, is, this is my fear. It's not that Kyle Anderson is the problem. I keep going back to this. And when he's thrown, we are, we are a month away. We're not going to do any of this today, but we are a month away today from the NBA trade deadline. And the reason I float his name or think about his name isn't because he's the problem or he's this anchor that's bringing the team down. It's simply the contract. He's yes, an expiring. Match, yeah. You got to have some money going out to get some money coming in for a valuable player. Otherwise, if you just swap Shake Milton for something, you're not going to get much. So I was pretty nervous. I was like, this doesn't work. And then Kyle just read the tweets or whatever and was awesome. He finished with 17 points, eight rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block. 
Guess how many turnovers? Zero. Okay. Yeah, he was minus 11. Everyone in the starting lineup was, you know, negative. Three for four from the free throw line, seven for 12. And he was aggressive. And I think he knows, right? You talk about this with Britt. Like, he knows he needs to be more aggressive. He can't get by playing 22 minutes in a fully healthy rotation and not being some sort of a threat. So, yeah, a lot of it now is push shots. Every time it goes in from 8 to 10 to 12 feet, you love it. Every time it doesn't, you want to trade him. Uh, I don't have any real analysis other than it's a conundrum because he does a lot of good stuff. He looks the best at the four. Right, this is a, this yeah. team pigeonholes him into the gotta, three, and it doesn't you gotta work. Play five out, five out, man. Yep. If, if Kyle Anderson's on the floor, you got to play five out. Like, him and Carl look so good together. That well, does. And, but but it's like even and even Carl needs to be thinking because this team doesn't call plays; they just decide what to do when All they're vibes. playing. Um, uh, seriously, like so. Yep. So it's that's one of my biggest problems with flow versus the volume of play calling stuff is these players, at least not yet, pick up. On stuff, I'm not saying I could or anything, but there, it is not fast, right? Of recognizing who's on the floor around them and, and what they should be doing. When kind of, like what I hope, I, I'm sure will be their takeaway to some extent from rewatching this game is with the spread floor, intentionally positioning a spread floor around Kyle Anderson on the perimeter. Shocker, not as congested, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it worked, and it gives it gives driving lanes more room. But it also gives Kyle Anderson more space to do his dipsy doodles around the paint. You know, like he's not like he's not make that's his game. That's his offensive game. The little like five, six foot shot. Like he could score that in a one on one situation. If you start having gap help and you start having another guy there to contest it. Well, we've watched the last month. You know what that looks like? They don't go in, you know, and it seems disastrous. And they, if he's going to play, it needs to be with more space. And I really, I really hope there is like the the blind belief goes away. I I don't get it, man. It can't. It's one of the frustrating things about this it, team, right? You, you it, just it can't be. You can't just believe. And credit to Jordan McLaughlin for hitting some threes. You can't just believe that Jordan McLaughlin's gonna come into a game and and be a proper shooter. You can't think that about Kyle Anderson. Rudy Gobert's never made one. You can't play all those guys together. You can't, and I know it was a limited roster last night, but what are we doing having Kyle Anderson, Shake Milton, and Jordan McLaughlin on the floor at the same time? Why? Why? It, it, it doesn't have to be, and it feels it feels just like whimsical. Mm-hmm. I, and and I don't know, and I know it, it's it's just not my style. Like, that, that's not how my brain works, and I know it is Mitch's. But like, I just, I'm the type of person and not saying this would be right. I would be, be very structured in, in my rotations and the way I did it. And, and they just aren't, and, and they aren't as play call wise and, and everything else. And I'm not saying I'm all, I don't think that's the right thing for this roster, full on structure of plays of rotations or whatever, but it's too far, man. It's like, it worked for the Warriors because they were the Warriors and they were mature and they were older and they knew how to flow. They knew how to like make things work with different groups. This, I don't get it. It's like, I, I, I even in the Orlando game, the only time they lost, the only time they lost that game in was when they played Kyle Anderson, Jordan McLaughlin and Rudy Gobert all together. Of course they did. Of course they did. I don't, I don't get it, man. Well, it's it. It, it's funny too because I I've 
grown to love Jordan McLaughlin just like everyone else because he's just that's the thing. Guy to... I love Kyle Anderson. I love I love yeah. Kyle Anderson as a power forward, or I actually think Kyle Anderson's a center. I love Kyle Anderson as a center slash point guard. I love Jordan McLaughlin as a backup second to third string point guard, and I really like Chris Finch as a coach. You put them all in the cup together, and it is not good. It's not good. I'm glad you said the the center thing because uh, the more no, you dude, watch, he's him, dollar store Jokic. Kyle Anderson, Anderson. And, and or he's not, like, but I don't mean that as a discount. Okay, he we're big to be pejorative. Yeah, yes. He, he, he also he also might be the call map version of Draymond Green now, right? Because his defense is so good, yeah. and he does all the other Draymond stuff, but he shoots like he's got a backpack on. And going back to McLaughlin, like he goes two for three from the from deep last night. If he doesn't hit those two threes, we probably aren't ripping Ant like because none of it matters because they would have lost that game. So it's like you are. Not even playing with house money. You are back to your mini rant. Like you are just playing with such fire that if those two threes, obviously Jordan had three attempts from deep last night. He hits two of them. If he doesn't hit any of them during the flow of the game, and they don't get those three points, and the Celtics go down score, they probably lose by a dozen or fifteen. And I just, I, I don't get it either. I had that in my notes as well. It's like how, how, how do you get away with playing so many non-shooters? Like most teams now don't play two non-shooters in a five-man lineup and the this Wolves, team has to play two two non i get it it's just the, the but but the, the right but but, but most teams have to be three yeah. but most teams don't even do two True. and True. the wolves are doing three mm-hmm. and i just um this is real hardcore run the ball and try to get three yards and get three yards now it's third and four and we're gonna try like that is just you are decreasing your possibility and your chance of making any of this work and i don't get i don't know if they're just trying to square peg round hole it for a couple more weeks to see if again to your you know unicorns just sprout out of the earth and then they'll make a trade but if that's like the most concerning that is like my biggest gripe with finch is that if they think this is going to work in april and may there's no chance and no if chance. you go back and watch those no four chance. or five minutes of the first quarter the celtics who despite having their own coaching issues at times you know like people want to get on missoula when when things aren't going well they scouted that so well and they didn't even no, he was on well, the court. Well, that's it. Like the book is out, right? Like you just, yeah. you can just see that it's like in the scout. Do not guard Jordan McLaughlin. Stay off of Kyle Anderson until he's in the paint, and then freak out because he's good there. You know, and and then it's funny too that the shooting we talk about that we space around those three non-shooters is like Nikhil, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and Nas Reed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, other guys. Yeah, it's just. And that's whatever that uh, the kind and, of, and I know we're like picking on a, a, a specific amount of time and th- those are bad times, but it's also, if you're playing a, some minutes in a game with three non-shooters, you're probably playing a lot of minutes with two non-shooters, mm-hmm. which means you probably have an offense with real spacing issues, which means you probably have a below average offense, which yep. they do, you yep. know, and that's end of story. And, and, and again, though, but that, that's hold on, why hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on another break. Okay. We'll be back to continue with Kyle. Today's show is brought to you by Doer, D-U-E-R, and my Doer jeans are the most comfortable piece of clothing I own. I've really been wearing them everywhere recently. I wore them to Christmas Eve dinner, and then I wore them to the Wolves-Lakers game a few days later because they're formal enough to pull off for a dinner and comfortable enough to be more casual. What I love most about these pants is that they actually make me like jeans again. Uh, Before Doer sent me some of these jeans, honestly, I just wasn't a jeans guy. I didn't like the feeling of super stiff denim. But Doer jeans are my go-to because they're not stiff like that. Doer stretch performance denim and lifestyle apparel is designed for all-day comfort and durability. 
They have styles for men and women that can be worn all year round. Doors denim is antibacterial, which means less washing, made of temperature regulating fabrics for moisture management. The performance denim fabric has cool max technology, keeping me cool and dry in any weather and the fireside and all weather denim styles are perfect for staying warm. Doer clothes are sustainably crafted, so they'll last in my closet for years. I absolutely love my Doer jeans, and I know you will too. Check out Doer's flagship stores in LA or Denver or shop online at shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use the special URL, shopduer.com slash Dane Moore. You'll want to take advantage of this because Doer never goes on sale. Don't wait. Get 15% off now by going to shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third-party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate, and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Dane Moore for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code Dane Moore, all one word, for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back with Kyle Tagge. Kyle, we got to talk about Kat. Let's, I, I, well, I, will, I will start by talking about Kat. Um, 
he to again you go in the locker room pregame right i've never seen that dude more wrapped up like with his ankles wrapped the kt tape i think we talked about that uh last week too um you know he's 28 now right like he's still young asked him about how he felt after the game he's like he's like damn i played 45 minutes he goes yeah, I'm, you know i'm still young i'm you know i'm i'm all right and like he's not complaining about it but as we talked about at the beginning given this difficult month-long stretch obviously and then the, the travel stuff last night you know that wears on your best players your players who played the most minutes carl played 45 um against boston and i don't know what he probably play against orlando 35 36 right and had a really really good game in that uh yeah carl like can, can you go back in that game against boston last night and look at some situations where he gets cooked on defense yeah, but you look at who he's guarding, and it's like it's on a, you know, you're switching five, and so he's guarding Jason Tatum or he's guarding Jalen Brown, and like Carl's never going to be it. That's not, not going to happen. Like Carl's not going to be able to shut that water off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was impressed by him, you know, obviously like delivering throughout that game, and I just think a low key thing about Carl this year, and it won't show up because it'll probably be, end up being one of his worst rebounding like per game seasons uh, of his career the big beat big rebound rate like close a possession out aggressively pull it down um that stood out to me really for the first time in the first boston matchup mm-hmm. when he was having a actual bad game he still was doing that job um and and he was, he was doing that last night there too and the seeing physicality from carl that's that's real physicality in a, in a real matchup uh, I think that mattered on top of him, you know, doing his other normal, effective three-point shooting, scoring at all three levels stuff. Two really good games uh, from Carl Anthony Thomas. This is such a Kyle handmade or handpicked stat, but I think it's the first time all season he's taken five or more three-point attempts in three straight games. Uh, now they're one and two in those games. I think there's, you know, now that ties back into the death march and oh, stuff, but I just... sad stat. But I, I just, I enjoy, well... My stat from the other night was that I think when he took nine against the Mavericks, it was only the seventh time he's taken nine or more threes since they acquired Rudy Gobert. Uh, oh, no, don't even tell me that. <laughs> so, but again, like, so he's two for seven from three last night. I'm with you. There are plays where he gets cooked on defense. That's kind of the story of Carl Anthony Towns as an NBA player, right? That's why you go get Rudy Gobert because you yeah. don't think he can be the center of a championship team or whatever. And I don't know the exact play, but one of your, like, big man rebound mm-hmm. things you're talking about. It was like a shot by Boston late in the game. There was an offensive rebound. There might have been another tip, but he just kind of jumps up and looked as athletic getting this rebound as he did dunking in the Magic game where he does secure the rebound. It's when yep. then like it went off of Derek White out of bounds or whatever, yeah, but I remember that. he had some big grown man rebounds. And again, 25, 13, and 6 with one turnover. He's averaging his month of January, 25 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. And like two term, he just been he's playing really good again. We kind of over at Flagrant Howells talk about the last Celtics game was the low point of his season. Like he was just stray voltage all over the place, had like more points, more turnovers and points. Uh to rebound like he did last night. Again, he doesn't have Rudy Gobert alongside him. There's no Christophs Porzingis, probably worth mentioning that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought again, I don't know if this is another pendulum and this is just the ebbs and flows of an eighty two game season, but he had nine points in that Lakers win on December 30th, and it was like, oh, man, he almost lost that game for them. And since then, it's been 
just real, real high-level stuff. And it kind of feeds back into what you and I said in November, right? He's I was going to say, it's starting to feel like yeah. that time around the Golden State games, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I mean, part of it is they're putting him in pick and pop more. Like, I, I just, that's a great action with mm-hmm. Conley. And it's the only way to really fuse him together with Ant. Uh, he was, again, in the locker room pregame, he was talking about uh, to Rudy about his dunk. And he goes, that's like the first time, that's the only time I got a roll that whole game. You know, because Rudy was off the floor and he's the, you know, Cat was the five there. It's like, again, you can you can run more pick and roll with Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, primarily his weapon there is going to be as a popping player, but I, I there's more meat on the bone to Carl Anthony Towns's offensive game. I, I think for sure here. I, the the podcast you do with Britt after the uh, Magic game was. Can I just say I'm sorry about the sound, everyone? Yeah. On that, I that, that's like hand raise. I messed something up. Um, I appreciate you still listening for <laughs> 90 minutes to to me and Britt. Uh, I didn't have my headphones on because we were recording. Whatever, I, I messed that up. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm no one you still got to listen to Britt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no one listening to this remembers the sound quality. They remember our favorite old man just taking a break to go grab more beer. Uh, it was a power move. I would love to do that at some point. But they're just we're not going to talk about the Magic game. But I thought you and Britt did a really, really good job of recapping that. And I think it's worth a re-listen this weekend just to get more X's nose. And you were both Don't there, which was cool. But you, but to the Carl point, to bring it back to the Carl yeah, point, sorry. you tweeted out a couple plays. And there was that play when they were up 19, 19 to 11 against the Magic in the first quarter where they run that set where Carl ends up getting the ball in the corner. Right, yeah. and then he ends up throwing it to Rudy on that kind of own four or five oh, pick yeah, and roll. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I just thought like getting Carl a couple opportunities in the corner. It's not your fear is, is that he's going to make seventy million dollars next year, and you're going to park this guy in the in the corner and just like have him be who's Ryan, who's Ryan Anderson. Whose fear is that? It's Cat. Uh, That's whose fear it is. Okay, <laughs> touche. But like that, he's going to become Ryan Anderson, right? But mm-hmm. the way that you showed that kind of play and that structure, it's like man get Carl an opportunity to hit a three, but if they, you know, they come at him, then they can throw it to Rudy. It was just, there's better, more sophisticated ways to get this guy shooting threes. But yeah, if you take nothing else from this, Dane, not the listener, it's that really, after that Dallas game, he's only taken nine or more threes seven times since they acquired Rudy Gobert. That's probably a 50 or 60 game sample size. But I'm just warmed in my heart by the fact that he is letting it fly a little more mm-hmm. because in their Orlando game, a game that they just, whether it be the pick and roll, the dunk, whatever, he was five for five from three, and that just killed Orlando. Like it just You get him cool and comfortable in his head. You get him playing well for an extended stretch of time. Then if you're Chris Finch, you can ask him to do and don't you think he doesn't want to do, which is like he, he will. I, or, sorry, my read on that is he's more willing to take on more things that he doesn't want to do once he's caught a rhythm, right? Like, I even just think about how good his defense was at the beginning of the season. All right, all right, this is working. This is working. And it was the most diligent I've seen Carl be defensively. Again, that kind of slipped up uh, over, um, I don't know, like a month or two into the season. Uh, But I think that's my read on it with Carl, is if if you get him going for an extended stretch of time a, a week or so you can add more onto his plate and he can and he can do it because he's talented enough to do all these things i'm not turning 
like even really trying to rip on his defense on on Tatum or Brown and stuff. That is an extremely difficult matchup. I mean, for my money, Cat is a noticeably better defender than Nas Reed is. Just overall across the board, their value as defenders. And I don't even think that means that Nas is like a yeah. bad a bad defender. Um, but he's noticeably different than Rudy Gobert defensively, worse defensively because. Of course he is, because it's it's uh, it's Rudy Gobert. I just think things are again trending in the right direction with Carl Anthony Towns. That's what happened in early to mid November, where this team got on a heater, and it, it it always comes back to Cat for what the ceiling of this team is. And it, I'm just times. I'm just blowing your phone up while you're actually trying to work. But uh, in that Magic game, a game that again, it's I guess it's worth mentioning that Orlando was down some guys or whatever, but uh. I just keep coming back to you. I, I comp all this stuff to football because I watch so much football. And it seems like in that Magic game, they really established the run with Cat. He was four yeah, for that five in that first quarter. Three threes in that first quarter. One from each corner and then at the top. Um, and dumb, silly Kyle and analogies. But it, like you establish the run with Cat in that first quarter. Get him comfortable. Get him engaged. He's playing better defense. He's opening up more things. It really opens up, as I like to call it, the play and action. Play action uh, in the fourth quarter. And just... <laughs> I really think like that's a simple strategy to unclog some of this offense is the first quarter we, we lean into Cat. We know Ant will take and make big shots, but let's get the ball moving a little bit more. Let's get Carl spaced. Helps out with, I mean, you can never play five out when Rudy Gobert comes back, to your point, but you can do different things where you can have Rudy at the free throw line. You can have Rudy at the you know at the top kind of yeah. doing Kyle Anderson stuff uh, like it's a Rudy, shooting Rudy drill. was playing the player referencing with him and Cat, the kind of like four or five interchange in the corner. Like Rudy started that possession in the corner. That's not something they've done like zero of. I bet you there's been 15, 18 possessions this season where Rudy Gobert has, it's been a play call set and he's started the the possession in the corner there. So I think it's like, again, to your point, as when we recorded last week about experimenting, this is the ex exact type of stuff I want to see yep. them experiment with over the course of the season. Not to like for an entirety of a game, but you go, all right, like we got this group on the floor with Rudy for the next five minutes. What, you know, what can we run differently with him? Let's try it out, you know, um, without that's, sacrificing your chances of, you know, winning, winning the game overall. That, that's a good. Can I put a bow on it? Can I wrap this all up? I would just because I think what you just did said. Did I already play the Nikhil? I don't even remember. Did I play the Nikhil Alexander Walker? Clip no, but I, I, I would like to hear him because anytime okay, Nikhil let, talks makes me smarter. Yeah, uh, let me play that and then we'll put a bow on it. You've, you've played Boston. It's been kind of like the game's been within like five points the whole game, one way or the other. Uh, what, do you, what do you think contributes to that? What has made that such a close matchup between you guys? I think we're very similar to a degree. Can switch one through five. Can play big. Um, can guard. I think it, great offensive threats. Um, very deep roster. So it, it, it's fun competing against a team like that and and going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, head to head and especially in the atmosphere in the crowd, I think what's allowed us personally is just our ability to, to switch when they when they set a small lineup and then guys are heavy in the attack. Um, I think also us playing big. We didn't have Rudy tonight, but Cat played great. Um, Nas played great. Both had double-doubles. So I think small things like that, just our versatility and our depth matches theirs. I thought that was a 
that was a, a cool answer. It's kind of like, I guess, uh, without naming the like Brown and Tatum thing, it's like, I think he's mm -hmm. to get some of that, what you mm -hmm. were talking about before, but also kind of like up and down uh, the roster, seeing, seeing similarities there and the ability or the necessity they had to kind of like switch five and do that last night. I mean, this has just been two of the most fun games of the NBA season, I would think overall, not just wolves wise, right? They've been two uh, great matchups. And I guess unless they meet in the finals, uh, we won't see it again till till next season. But uh, I've loved these two games. And we talked about everyone last night that played, that played north of double digit minutes, right? Like we talked about, we did the Jaden discussion, we did the Ant discussion, and we talked about Carl, we talked about Kyle, Nasri, 19 and 10 was just great off the bench. That's like the type of stuff that gets you six man of the year votes when like if Nas just is giving you that type of production night in and night out. And the guy that we didn't really touch on, so I'm glad you jammed that in at the end, was Nikhil. Dude, uh, Nas and Nikhil at the beginning of the fourth quarter when Ant had to sit to rest, I was like, oh, you got to rest Ant here. Like, I get it because Ant played when Ant played 46 of 53 minutes. He sat the first four minutes of that fourth quarter, and and that was huge. But Nikhil hit the above the break three on the right side, and then the left corner he had the pump uh, sidestep three there, which I've seen him do a thousand times in practice. I was out there watching the warmups before, mm -hmm. and I was gonna like tweet something. I was gonna be like, you know, Nikhil Alexander Walker like looks super dialed in, like to you know to knows he's gonna have a bigger role tonight. And I was thinking, I'm like, this is always that that's when I'm out on the court watching. Like I always see his and like Troy Brown are out there. I was like, that would be disingenuous because this is exactly what Nikhil Alexander Walker's pregame workup workout looks like every single time. The kid is so he, fucking precise. He is the definition of basically like stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Yeah. He just stays ready. Uh do you know what he did in the fourth? That just like numbers, what? But just four for four. 10 points. He finished with 15, but 10 points in the fourth quarter, two big threes. And I'm talking, man, like I know we're at 75 minutes in it, two big fucking yeah. threes. Yeah. Like watching that game again, you're in the arena. I would have loved to have been there, but on the timeline, you got, you know, Dan Devon, you got all the people like, Oh my God, Nikhil Alexander Walker is having a moment. He was a throw in in the D'Lo Mike Conley trade. So I think we talked about everyone. Um, I think Nikhil is my favorite player to, to talk to like in a locker room. So I just think, at Media Day, I always reference this. He, his maturity, his growth, he's the something. I mean, what is he? He's 24. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you make it sound like he's 32 years old. He's just, he has really realized as a lottery player that maybe didn't live up to his expectations. Mm -hmm. He has found a role. He's found a home. I love watching that guy play. But uh, to kind of put a bow on it, as we started out with the travel and now they have ended this death march, we can kind of all take a deep breath. Nine and seven over that 16-game stretch, all against teams at or above 500. Their schedule now opens up. It does create another chapter of this book, right? Because now they got the Pistons and the Wizards and, yeah. and the Blazers come to town, the teams that give you heart attacks 12 months ago. But uh, I did notice this. I think it was on basketball. or I don't know. Some website. The Wolves do have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the league now moving forward. I think it's just worth mentioning. I don't really like getting into that stuff because you never know who's going to play. But I think that's kind of a big thing to just... And do they have more back-to-backs than anybody they else? Got, they have 100. <laughs> Yeah, like, it just seems like they have a lot of those coming up, but 11, you know that, that that's what today is all about. You, you, you they fly home last night, probably they get home. Now you have some more home games coming up, uh, more back to backs. So it'll be interesting again. We didn't really talk about it much, but 
are they going to get into load management a little bit? Or was it that the fact that the Delta plane landed at Boston Garden? Like, So I, I don't I don't think the Mike Conley thing is going to be a thing. Okay. One thing I heard over the time here was uh, Mike really wanted to play 82 games this season. That was like a... <sighs> Shout out that to was him, like a He's a legend. Goal, you know, whatever. And obviously relented on that. But I think that was a product of the the travel and you know circumstance of of all of this. So I, I mean, I don't know if you know if I can't have eighty two, then maybe I'll just do seventy four or something. But that sounds to me like a guy who wants to do eighty one. You know, um, but the the thing is, is I don't think it's these aren't like this team isn't injured right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there is like I. I mean, th- obviously, there's an element of the Gobert thing that is rest, probably a pretty big one. But like he, he, he's got a hip thing going too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this team is healthy, and the reality of the situation, and even if the strength of schedule is easy, uh, when you get into the middle of the season and you get closer to physically redlining, or you're playing these back to backs, like guys are going to, you know, are going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Odds are right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or have to miss some time. So it's uh yeah that that's that's going to be a big part of of the next chapter and this one and I guess just to like wrap it up with the death march like they got through it mm-hmm. 16 games um against very difficult teams 11 of them on the road 70,000 miles traveling whatever uh 9 and 7 even though the offense really fell apart <laughs> yeah. during during that time turnovers became a major problem they're navigating all of these things Kyle like ant evolving as a person and desiring and these what carl is figuring out like how he fits into all this they are they are still very much learning themselves and and in that process of learning themselves leads people like you and i to be like well what is this what is that you know that's just when a team is evolving you're like that this is a dent you know um, but they are winning through the dents and, and they have all season, they exceeded pretty much everyone's expectation in, in this time. And that's why we feel pretty good about the, not pretty good, probably feel really good about the Minnesota Timberwolves a month out from the trade deadline. Very few humans will have success in life without adversity. And I think this team, this start to this season first place in the West since November 18th, three times as many days in first place as they've had in the first 34 years of existence is because of the adversity they faced last regular season. That's just how I think. And if the only adversity you're going to face is in April and May, you are doomed and you have no chance. So I believe that games like last night, a game that I paint with a positive and some might paint as a negative, we can agree to disagree, but it was adversity. We saw how they responded and who, who paints that game as a negative? Buddy, hop online. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hop online. No, so again, I, I think that's a good way to, to wrap it up. And now uh, some more adversity comes, right? Like it's not uh, we did that pod once it was like a deep breath pod. I think today's another deep breath pod or a deep breath moment, but it doesn't get any easier because the hardest game on the schedule all season was the Detroit Pistons. You can't lose that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got the Blazers coming down, you do have the Wizards, you have now a Grizzlies team that looks completely different without Jaw. So I'm pumped for the Clippers game on Sunday, man. 
I am too. I might have sprinkled a little something on them uh, at, at ten to one. I, I like watching them play, but that, that's those are two different styles as well, right? Like that is one team that plays completely different than what Minnesota mm-hmm. plays in terms of size and speed and yeah. pace. But uh, yeah, I'm glad also, it's Portland first too. Like yeah. I, I think they're going to be a little hungover, like not not literally hungover, but or maybe I don't know. You know what they need? Um, Stone and skillet English muffins. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's a good place to uh, to wrap it up. I guess we can just remind people there that is stoneandskillet.com. Just go go check out the website. And honestly, like, if you're already buying English muffins, like, try these ones. I swear they're better. 10 out of 10. Yes. Um, and then what else do we have? We had prize picks, NFL yep. stuff all weekend. When's your next pod? You can take a couple of days off, fly home, chill. Yeah, yeah, I'm flying home after this. I'm not, re- yeah, I, I don't, what is my schedule? Uh, you get to fly on the team plane, yeah. right? That's how that's how the media works. <laughs> no? All right. I'm, did I tell you I fly Jet Blue back? I did Delta the whole way. and then Better than Alaska swung. Airlines because that plane yeah. that had the door, that was right there, like 0.1 miles from my apartment. That really? door falls and lands and almost kills someone. Um, so Alaska Airlines stock down, Delta, Jet Blue stock up. I don't know about Jet Blue stock up, but it was, if we Report wanted to back. record a pod this morning, I couldn't take the Delta plane. Um, yeah, Monday. what else was I saying? You'll be oh, back yeah, on Portland Monday. One. I'll be back on Monday, but also, Patreon, th- let us know if you want yep. to go to that Portland game. I mean, it's like, I don't know, 80 people maybe a time send me a, that mm-hmm. they're available for it. It's not like that crazy of odds. Sometimes, some games it's less. Uh, so, you know, take the time, go to Patreon, particularly if you're already a subscriber. Like, yeah. just go to these games, these watch you. this team. I, this I, team I, is I, awesome. Yeah. Target Center is the. You know, Celtics are 16 and 0, 17 at home. Wolves are yeah. 14 and 2. They're going to come out. They might be hungover, but they're going to try to. This next chapter starts now. More adversity comes mm-hmm. with a, a easy schedule. They don't do well sure. in those situations. Can't wait to watch them on Friday. And uh, if you can go to the game, let Dane know. Yeah. He's Kyle Taggy. Uh, you guys are recording Flagrant Howls over at Score North uh, later this afternoon. Those two will probably bicker less than. Kyle and I did today uh, but for real Kyle thank you for waking up early to, to do this and uh, yeah man this is this is fun until uh, Monday when I think I record with Chris <laughs> he's Kyle I'm Dane peace out how I'm feeling man I hope it never stop yeah green it all so you can find me in the crowd yeah yeah don't let standards ever ever bring you down yeah hope you dancing like nobody else around yeah